<clears throat> Keyblade. But darkness did cover the world once in legend. We know so little about the Keyblade War, only that it was just the beginning. Amidst that crisis, a precious light was found. It is a curious tale, and one worth exploring. They say ruin brings about creation, so what then would another Keyblade War bring? When the darkness falls, will we be found worthy of the precious light that legend speaks of? I must have these answers. to the hyperfixation where my friends come on to my show and tell me about things that they're excited about for 30 to 45 minutes so I can acquire an approximate knowledge of many things. My name is Roma. I use the they and them pronouns and I am joined today by Flakwas. Hello, I'm Flakwas. Um, I use he, him pronouns and I'm really excited to be on the show. I'm so excited to have you on this show. Oh my god. I've been gushing about it. I've been bragging. Be like, huh? I'm famous now. I got plaquas. <laughs> I'm not that famous, but... You're famous to me. I'm glad I have a reputation. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, yes. Oh, shoot. I lost my notes already. I screwed it up. Oh, no. This is what happens when they put me in charge. But yes. Um, so I have known about your existence through Twitter for a hot minute now through uh back in the yield days of uh, got it memorized in the orange groves but then eventually twitter brought us together and we were able to become friends and it's it's so hype i'm so grateful that twitter exists <laughs> which is a weird thing to say <laughs> yeah it's it's wild i've i've met so many really amazing people through the whole got it memorized uh era and i mean it's it's really Probably thanks to them that I even have a Twitter, so. Hey, yo. And now you're doing the vtuber stuff? Uh, every, every now and then a little bit. Just a little bit. No, I understand the feeling. I've missed doing the vtuber stuff. I need to finish making and rigging my models. It's so much work, but. It's so much fun. Uh... That too, yes. Definitely. You and I have one similar hyperfixation. I will admit, I am not the most educated on it, but we do share a passion for Kingdom Hearts amongst the two of us. We do. We do. But I am curious of when, when did you first fall in love with the Kingdom Hearts series? This is a wild story. It's, it's 
Hey, yo. I'm so excited. Bring it on. This, um, this started in 2005. And I'm unsure when it was exactly because my memory tells me it's uh, Christmas of 2005. But the release date of Chain of Memories tells me it's May of 2005. That I remember right. getting Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories as a gift. Um, and with it, I got the Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories limited edition Game Boy Advance SP. Uh, which I'm just Yo. immediately going to post a picture of like the box of that. Um, oh, which was also weird because all I found online was I, I was really trying to give this a specific date. And all I could find online was that it's only released in Japan, which is not true because I don't live in Japan. Um, That's wild. So I definitely have this and it still works and I still play Chain of Memories occasionally with it. So... You have to understand, I am uh, Dutch, I'm from the Netherlands, and uh, when this game released, I was five years old, and I didn't speak a word of English, and I started playing Kingdom Hearts. Hey, yo. <laughs> now, people say that Kingdom Hearts is confusing. Let me tell you, as a five-year-old who does not speak the language that this game is in, who does not know that this is the second game in a series... That's confusing. <laughs> you still went with it anyway. I just oh, went yeah. with it. I loved it. Um, I got stuck at Replica Riku 4. It's a notorious boss battle in that game. And I didn't beat it until like late 2012. It took me seven years to beat this game. And at, at that point, I finally spoke English so I could understand. And I slowly pieced together like, oh... This is a sequel game. So at that point, when I finally beat the game 2, I was crying because um, Simple and Clean was playing and that was the first time I heard it. And <gasps> at that point, I just started watching all of the cutscenes on YouTube and just getting into this. And I remember a few, few years after that, I started listening to like other podcasts about it and watching YouTube videos. and. When I learned that Wheels and Joe were going to start Got It Memorized, I was immediately hooked and part of that whole community that they created. And from that point onwards, it really became something like I absolutely love with all of my heart. Oh my gosh. That, that, that makes my heart sing and also reminded me of the first time that I heard Simple and Clean. Um, it's so good it's so good uh i i did play kingdom hearts 2 very like a little bit of it on everybody else's playstation 2s when that game came out but i didn't know like about any of the other games like i knew about kingdom hearts 1 which never played kingdom hearts <laughs> 2 played very little and then everything besides that i didn't know existed but the commercials were coming on on TV all the time. And every time it came on, I would go hard. Like little me was like <laughs> super into it. And this was the time. I don't know if you remember Napster by chance mm, or like LimeWire. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So my mom had found out through my cousins of how to rip music <laughs> and very legally acquired me all of the Utah Tahikaru music. <laughs> you know what I did? I just, like, every time I wanted to listen to it, I had to beat Marluxia. 
Um, at hey, one point, yo. I had one of those old phones. It wasn't like a flip phone, but sort of in that era of phones. And it had a voice memo uh, feature. And I would hey. just put my phone right next to my Game Boy and I would just record it. So it was already condensed music coming out of the <laughs> Game Boy, oh, which I then oh. recorded on my shitty phone just so I could <laughs> listen to it 24-7. Bruh. That's the oh, I'm getting sent back. This is my childhood. Oh, also, I'm I'm really just the opposite of you when it comes to Kingdom Hearts games because I have never played Kingdom Hearts one and two and three and all the PlayStation ones. Basically, I yeah. have only played like the weird side games, and that's kind of where today's topic is also taking me because I love the weird side games. Give me the weird side games; they are Hell the best, yeah. in my opinion. I ah. Uh... That honestly, like, I love that. I love that about you. I think we've we've also talked about before how, like, if it's everyone considers it good, like, you usually are like not into it. But if it's like kind of weird and like not considered good by the public, you're like super into it. At least that's how I'm remembering it. Am I remembering yeah. that correctly? <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I I feel like it's it's not like me being a contrarian or anything. It's more like yeah, I appreciate other things in games than what the main series games give me and the main series kingdom hearts games are really they all kind of follow the same formula the same battle style the same like art style and stuff and it's usually like the weird side games that get creative and experimental with it and that's what i really like and that's what kingdom hearts kind of is to me it's this weird it's already a weird crossover game but then yeah it has all these weird side games and all these different different consoles and it's it, the weirdness of it is what interests me i appreciate that so much and i love finding out everything about all those weird things then yeah like didn't melody like melody of is it melody of memories I believe it's Melody of Memory, yes. I remember Tony playing that and they're like, this is a rhythm game. Why is there lore in the rhythm game? <laughs> <laughs> I unfortunately don't have a Switch, but if I would, I would play the heck out of that game. Oh, yeah. He he didn't put that thing down for a hot minute. Like, I lost Tony when that game came out. <laughs> he was gone. <laughs> But yeah, so you you're you, you basically have specialized yourself in like one of the cool niche departments of Kingdom Hearts when it comes to their weird side games. Yes. But uh there's a specific one we're going to be talking about today. Is that correct? <laughs> yes, this one released fairly recently. It was almost exactly a month ago uh at the point of recording. Um, it's it has a difficult kind of history because there was once a mobile game which released in 2016 which was kingdom hearts union cross at that point it was just it, it was called unchained kai i think which was just a generic gacha game with like not a lot of story until it got a lot of story which was probably <laughs> like in 2020 or something was when shit went down with that game and I played it religiously. Uh, I played it like an insane amount. And it's a gacha game. So there were people spending lots of money on it. 
I was the of kind course. of person who refused to spend a cent on it, but still somehow wrapped my head around every feature in the game to sort of get the most out of it as you could as a free-to-play player. Um, mm-hmm. And the the story is nuts. Uh, I do consider myself to be one of the people who understands it quite a bit. I, I guessed it on God of Mem- Got It Memorized, actually, to talk about the finale of that game. Um, but when that game ended, like that, there was a weird overlap period where Dark Road released, and they were two separate games in the same app, and that was this really weird period of time for it. But then, well, Union Cross ended, and then Dark Road dropped, and it, it was really weird because at one point they were just like yeah actually we're gonna remove all the gacha features and we're gonna make it an offline game for dark road and then they just they said like yeah we'll release in september of this year and that was like it was last year september was when it was supposed to be released and it was released this year august so we had like a year a year without dark road and I really left us in the dark, haha. <laughs> uh, ah. Pun not intended, but <laughs> but th- they really didn't tell us anything. Basically, it was like, oh yeah, it's coming this winter, and then it was like February, and it was like, well, winter's about to end. Where is our game? And they were like, please wait a little bit longer, and then, uh, well, it's finally here. And it's there was a tiny bit of story before, and now. There's a huge bit of story, uh, but the story is concluded now. So the game has effectively ended. And when it dropped last month, I um, played through all of it in one day. You did it. (laughs) (laughs) You chugged it. Yes. And anyone who does know me and follows me on Twitter knows that I have this really long reaction thread of all the nutty stuff that happened. And we could... well. Should we put a link for that in the thing after the after the yeah, episode? Yeah, I, I, I will link the link the thread. That's Hell a good yeah. idea. Because I also want to see it. I feel like I might have seen like bits of it completely out of context. Probably. <laughs> I feel like I'm already like super into hyperfixation mode because <laughs> I realized now as I was explaining. Union Cross and Dark Road, that was just this chaotic mess, but I'm just so excited. Oh, no, you're valid. This this is how the show goes. Just just let the spirit move you, man. Yeah. Yesterday, I was all over the place. And for context <laughs> listeners, uh, I, I recorded my, my finale episode that'll be coming out the week after this one. So the next Wednesday. And I am literally everywhere. So <laughs> you, you do whatever you want. I... I think this is a good time to start the timer and let you just yes. go ham on Dark Road. And your timer begins now. All right. So we start the game and we are immediately greeted by young Sayonard. And he wakes up crying on Destiny Island. And he's just had Yo. a recurring dream about the player characters Avengers in Kingdom Hearts Union Cross. Roma, how much do you know about Sayonard? <laughs> um, I, uh, you know, I I feel like I know the the bit of that we are all Sayonard. I remember that, 
I yeah. remember that being everywhere. Um, I know that there's a lot of Xehanorts. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, it's still really vague. Like when uh, I had a few people who want to talk about Kingdom Hearts on the show <laughs> and they're like, but you already know so much. I'm like, I guarantee you, I know nothing. <laughs> I know so many bits and pieces <laughs> completely out of context. We know so little about the Keyblade War. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but you go on, I'm sorry. Yeah, no. Xehanort is basically just this old guy who is the villain of all of Kingdom Hearts, except we don't find out until like the fourth or the fifth game. Um, he is the villain and he's like into manipulation and um, he like possesses other people by putting a part of his heart into them. And that's why there's 13 Xehanorts famously. Um, mm -hmm. And in Dream Drop Distance, they introduced time travel to this whole thing. So then one of the new 13 Xehanorts is young Xehanort. And we know that he is from the same island as Sora and Riku. Oh, I didn't and know that. That's cool. Yeah, we know that when he's there as young Xehanort, he... There's some weird time travel bullshit where future Xehanort comes back to him in the form of this brown cloaked figure uh, and tells him about all this future stu stuff that's going to happen, which sort of sets young Xehanort on this path of becoming old man evil Xehanort. And this game, Dark Road, is basically about how Xehanort becomes this dark seeking figure. And he has recurring dreams about players' adventures in Kingdom Hearts Union Cross, which I just mentioned. One more mm -hmm. more thing about Union Cross is that the game ends with the player character dying and resurrecting as Xehanort. So hey, yo. in the finale of Union Cross, we see player character dying and then we see visions of uh, young Xehanort in Dark Road. Uh, or we actually see visions of him as a baby. <laughs> So man. it really heavily implies that the player character resurrects as Xehanort. So in this game, we start with Xehanort dreaming about Union Cross. He is on this island and he ponders about the existence of other worlds, uh, like the ones that he dreams about. And then this brown coat that I just mentioned arrives. And there's some bullshit about being each other's waypoint, which is way too complex for this podcast right now. Hey, yo. Um, but basically, he makes th this code, makes this dark portal and says to Xehanort, like, yeah, go in, there's other worlds. Um, you should just go because this is a boring island. And Xehanort, of course, agrees. So he goes through this island. Yeah, bet. All right. Then See an uns unspecified amount of time later, Xehanort wakes up in Scala at Kalem, which is this like white big city. It's basically an ocean, and then there's a lot of white towery cities. I'm gonna post a picture of it because I'm so bad at explaining things. Pictures are good. Ooh. This is how we see Scala uh, in this game. I love the art style of this game, by the way. It's beautiful. That's so gorgeous. And Anyway, Xehanort wakes up here and we get young Ericus. Do you know who Ericus is? Yeah, I keep envisioning him looking like Obi-Wan Kenobi. I mean, but... he's, he's voiced by Mark Hamill. Okay, That's, that, that tracks. And, and Birth by Sleep is very much like Star Wars. And this game kind of too. Like the whole light and dark thing. Hell yeah. But he's he's like a 
blondish, gingerish guy, right? I think I've come up to look him up. No, again. he has black hair. <laughs> I have a picture in my like grand thread, but I don't uh, know where. I see now. Okay, I see him. Okay. Yeah, he's like I, the master of Daraphantus and Aqua, and he's like the opposite of Saynord. He's like purely obsessed with light. And him and Saynord have history, so this game is also about young Ericus. Okay, okay. Ooh, let me look up young Eric. I definitely typed in E R I C K U S. So we see Saynord sitting on this bench and Ericus sits down next to him and they talk about some classes. Um, Saynord was apparently found unconscious at Scala. So after having left Destiny Islands, he arrived here unconscious. Then they have this whole chat about it. And at some point, Ericus says, wait, you've been talking about chess this whole time. And that's like the ultimate summary of Saynord because they, the two of them always play chess. Oh anyway, my uh, we go inside of one of the buildings in Scala and it's a school. So there's immediately, I, uh, I've just dropped like Xehanort and Erica's stuff on you. We are immediately greeted by a bunch of new characters as well. These are actually properly new to this game. I've dropped a picture in the Aww. chat. So these are all new and... It, at the start of this game, they had no personality, so it was like, oh, they, they are only in this game, and they're not interesting, and I will not like them. Um, after this game, I love them all so much. They're all good beings. <laughs> all On the them. top left, the girl, she's called Four, without an E, so it's V-O-R. Then the sort of guy with the brownish hair um, is Bragi. And then bottom left is Ericus. Mm -hmm. uh, top right, we have Hermit, the guy, and Erd, the girl. And then young Xehanort. And to the right, we have Master Odin, which is their teacher. Oh, yeah. Can I um, make an observation really quick that I've yes. been meaning to ask you about? Were you ever, uh, this is going to be brief, I promise. Are you familiar with Gaia Online? No, I've heard okay. so much about it. I've never interacted with it whatsoever. Okay, so during that timeline of my life and probably other listeners' lives as well, there was another like online like MMO. I don't know if it was an MMORPG or what, but there was this website called Tinier Me, and it was basically Gaia, <laughs> except instead of like little sprite like uh, pixely looking characters. They looked just like the characters in Dark Road, like that same oh. art style, the same like shape, like like one to one. It looks just like how Tinyer Me used to. And I would love to find out if it's the same like art team, like if Kingdom Hearts said, you know what? I remember you guys like get your ass over here. Let's make that a game. That would be interesting. It's but the same art style as uh, Union Cross. So it's it's. From 2016, when it started, 2015, it was probably in in sort of development for a while before that. So, a tinier me, I want to say that was like be. 2010, maybe like 2009 or 10. So yeah, it was... so it, it it's not that far apart that it could huh. be like that. I have to look into this now. I'm sorry, continue. <laughs> So the way they introduce Master Odin is really funny because 
they're talking like, oh, is the master not here yet? And it's this whole, like, it sounds really mysterious. Like, who is this master going to be? Because Union Cross was very much about masters and about introducing characters that we already knew. So everyone was like, ooh, who is the master going to be? Is it going to be someone we know? But no, it's just this random, mysterious looking dude. We don't know him whatsoever. And he's revealed like 10 seconds later. Um, there's one more classmate, but he is not here yet. He is introduced, I think, in episode three. Um, so, yeah, he's here later. Yo. We, th there's a lot of time skips in this, um, in this game, so it often hops back and forth. We start in what I call the present. Okay. Oh, that art style of Tiny Me really does look like. Yeah, it's like look a lot like it. Yeah, e sorry. even like this sort of square, or well, it's a circle, but you know this the square, this like meeting point. It looks so much like Union Cross. I I have to look into and, this and now. The characters in Union Cross are uh, like customizable, and there's different parts and stuff. I'm gonna Ooh. drop because I took a screenshot of my own character so i'm just gonna that was my character in union cross but in this game we play as say in so no character customization womp womp. so this is the class of people that say and ericus are in but there's also upperclassmen there's also seven of them seven is one of this those like um magic numbers in kingdom hearts you have seven lights and 13 darknesses this is an ever recurring thing um and they have gone missing uh, during a mission as training for their Mark of Mastery exam, which is basically the final exam to be a Keyblade Master. Uh, Sora and Riku go on it in uh, Dream Drop Distance. They take their exam. Okay, I'm coming. Anyway, Odin says they went missing during their exam uh, training. So th that's the whole bad thing, and that's the setup for this whole game. Um, Basically, these kids have to go and find those seven missing Keyblade wielders. Before they go on this mission, Four asks about Balder, which is the last um, classmate of them that we haven't seen yet. Uh, I think Balder looks really funny. I'll show a picture later when we are actually uh, introduced to him. But, yeah. but he's not tagging along because his sister is one of the missing keyblade wielders and odin doesn't want him to deal with that so yeah yeah that makes sense that tracks yeah it's also it, it is kind of like if you're like eh, you should probably tell him that his sister is missing though oh he doesn't know he doesn't know <laughs> but that's gonna be a thing for later we go back outside and Sayonor talks about the keyblade war and about darkness which is something he always does so it tracks and then he mentions the time axis. The time axis. <laughs> yes, <Sorry>. the time <laughs> axis. Basically, time flows different in each world depending on when and how quickly they are restored from having fallen to darkness. Um, then Erica says some bullshit like, let's say worlds are like people. Some are babies that crawl. Some are toddlers that have just started walking. And others born yesterday are already adults that know how to run. Hey, yo. That's like an, an attempt to explain the time axis. It makes no sense. It makes it worse. <laughs> um, 
the party splits up in two. So Sayonard and Ericus are in the same group. And one of the other classmates uh, comes with you. And you can actually pick which one when you go on missions. Uh, I chose Erd because she's my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get this cool transformation to where they are wearing uh, Keyblade armor, which protects Ooh. them from darkness while they're traveling through worlds. And I have a picture of them in their armor. There we go. Oh my gosh, they're so badass and cute at right. the same time! Right! <laughs> it's so cool. And Xehanort's armor is actually armor that we see in one of the uh, games. It's it Kingdom Hearts 2, maybe? In one of the games, we just see it as, as more like grown-up and realistic uh, art-style armor. But it it is familiar. It's the one with the crown on it. Uh, gotcha. So, yeah, we go to our first Disney World, which is Agrabah. Nice. And they just go look for some clues. And there are no people in this world. And then they talk more about the time axis. Um, so they they conclude the world has not been rebuilt yet. So there are no people yet. And instead, there are Heartless, which they have to beat. And mm-hmm. Ericus argues that Probably the missing wielders were not beaten by strong heartless because otherwise some of them would have run ran away from them. So something else has to be going on. Um, mm-hmm. In between, they get back to Scala to report their findings, but they haven't really found anything yet, so it doesn't really make sense. But this is during the early parts of the game when there wasn't really like a clear beginning and end yet before they were rushing the whole story and we're like, we have to release everything in one go. So everything's a little bit slow here. Okay. Yeah, there's this funny bit where everyone makes fun of Ericus for being a coward. Uh, This is like the third time in this episode that they say this. Um, Poor baby. Yeah, but it's funny. (laughs) (laughs) Like this, this game, compared to other Kingdom Hearts games, it's very serious and we'll get to that later, but it's also very funny. There's a lot of funny bits. I love that. This is sort of the end of episode one. So they discuss their findings and they're like, okay, let's continue our mission. And Sayonard says, stay safe, everyone. We'll meet back up later. Then we get sort of a time skip to four years later. And we see Sayonard and he's putting flowers on the graves of all of his friends because they are all dead. Except Erica's. Ericus oh. walks up to him and, and says, like, it's not your fault and you don't have to leave. And yeah, Baby. his friends are all dead. And, and that's the end of episode one. And uh, see you next month when episode two drops. Uh, that was how it happened. So everyone lost their shit because who are these characters? You know, we don't know them yet. And they're all dead. Hey, yo. Yeah, that was heavy. They did a lot of fridging in one go. <laughs> yeah. But that's, of course, a time skip because we, we go to episode two and we're back in the present. Um, Sayonard wakes up crying on Destiny Island again. It's kind of a sort of flashback. He's looking back on this and he's talking, he's comparing his current life uh, when he's with his friends doing these missions. And he says, actually, I complained about having a boring life on these islands because there was nothing to do. But now my life is just as boring because I do the same thing every day. Every day is the same. What what has changed since then? Should I seek out something else or something like that? 
Mm-hmm. Um, episode two is called The Presence of Darkness. And this is where the title drops. This time, the party of three goes to Wonderland. And hey. we get some Wonderland stuff. So we get Cheshire Cat first. The baby boy. Uh, they are put on trial by the queen, as oh, always. Dang. Then Seynor, at, at one point during this trial, he notices that there is this dark figure behind uh, the queen. And the dark figures were just called darknesses in Union Cross. And they were this big plot point as like the main bad guys were 13 darknesses. Mm-hmm. Um, and since this is the same art style, we're kind of like, okay, so th- there is one of these darknesses at the queen. I wonder if it's like one of those darknesses or just generic dark figure or something. Yeah, It's always a little bit fake, but Xehanort just notices it. And then there's a boss battle and they get away safely. Um, and they, they say like, you know what? Fighting heartlessness is not that bad. It's kind of easy. But they do state like the real enemy is in this case the darkness in people's hearts. So they are really interested in this darkness that the queen uh, has showed. And Ericus wonders if the upperclassmen were maybe stuck in a similar situation where they weren't beaten by a heartless, but somehow beaten by the darkness in someone's heart. Um, this time, Seynord and Ericus both get a flashback to Kingdom Hearts Union Cross, where a scene where some character says, darkness can hide anywhere, even inside someone. Yo. And they both say this out loud, and they're like, what? what? Why? Why did we both know this? Uh, why did we say this? Why did we finish each other's sentences? Which is an interesting note. But yeah, they discuss the Queen's Darkness and they decide to continue the mission and look for more clues. Um, But once again, we're at the end of episode two and we get another flashback to four years later. We see that Xehanort is slightly older. He's more like the young Xehanort that we see in the other Kingdom Hearts games. Uh, His hair is a little bit different. Let's see. I think I have a picture of this or maybe not. I thought I had one. I guess I don't. Well, his hair is slightly different. (laughs) So he's older. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's how this works. And he's back in Wonderland and he's asking the queen um, if if she remembers him. Um, And then he sees the darkness behind the queen again. So he's sort of like, ha, I knew it. Honestly, I don't really know why they added that sequence in. But who knows? We get to episode three. Um, We see Sayonard walking through uh, one of those corridors of darkness. Uh, Most of the bad guys in Kingdom Hearts use it to travel from world to world and just teleport, basically. So a dark portal opens and, like, a villain is there. When they they don't teleport, actually, in the lore, they walk through this corridor of darkness, as it's called. And that's why they wear a black coat, all the villains, because that protects them from the darkness in the corridors. Wait, you know, I never thought that they would need to do that. I just assumed that they were like already they were one with the darkness. So they were just being chilling in the corridors. I didn't think they were like also traversing in a dangerous spot for themselves yeah 
you know, the these mobile games have really shed a different light on the meaning of darkness in the Kingdom Hearts series. Um, and we'll get to that a little bit later where they mention like what darkness is and what true darkness is. Yo. Um, but we see Sayonard here walking without a coat or without armor, and you see him actively struggle against this darkness. Sheesh. Um, and he mentions how he feels he doesn't he hears the darkness whisper but he doesn't understand what it's saying but he feels these deep emotions stir in his heart um and they cause something to grow in his heart is what he says and it's it's an older Shaynord looking back at when he first walked through this corridor uh, so he mentioned that the fa- foul emotions he felt were somehow comforting to him because at least he still felt something and then he says Whoa. something something far more terrifying was uh, ahead of me without knowing it. Emptiness. Oh. So we start episode three. It's called The Purpose of the Journey. We are in Wonderland again. And this time Tweedledum and Tweedledee appear. And there's some bullshit with them. Um, mm-hmm. They tell Ericus a story about how curiosity uh, leads to danger. Then there's more Wonderland BS with a Tea Party. So mm-hmm. the Mad Hatter is there and the March Hare and the White Rabbit and everyone. Um, and then Sayonard and Ericus discuss how the Queen's order is based on fear and that the fear manifests in her heart as darkness. Um, and they really want to find out more about the Queen's darkness. Hmm. So they ask some questions to her like, hey, why is your heart being like controlled by darkness and she gets really upset because she's like i am the one in control i am the queen how dare you insult me and it's a little back and forth between them until they mention how hearts have light in them and then this dark figure appears behind the queen again and gets like angry and we have a flashback to one of the classes they have where odin teaches them about darkness and how Well, one thing we learned in Union Cross is that darkness used to spread and infect. That was like the goal of darkness. Like we have to spread to as many different people as we can and infect them with our darkness. But Odin says that later people's own hearts started birthing the darkness and that those darknesses became the heartless. So there's a distinction between the two. It's it's complex and i hope yeah. you can follow a little I'm bit following. but <laughs> i uh i, I th- i'm having a moment here where my my uh my my crazy like super analysis brain is like wait is like the heart or the the darknesses and like the darkness and obviously it's like also a metaphor for just like you know the like just bad juju like yeah she's fearing of losing control because she's got the you know control freak like if she's not holding on then she's not strong you know like there's there's a lot of like mental health and like emotional and 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 there's a there's a there's a lot to it and i can't word it right now but i'm following and i'm getting excited that's good because because this game is so much about about like what is darkness and what does darkness mean for people and how does it manifest? And it's it's really interesting in that way because it it really, well, Seynord is called the seeker of darkness and this game is about how did he become the seeker of darkness? And I think this game really tries to seek out what 
darkness is and how it's not just oh light good dark evil you know it's it's really it's so much more complex going to the depth to the depths of it and trying to get you to think about it i think so I, i'm glad to hear you make those connections as well like ah I'm wiggling I, I i got it I, i'm on the trail <laughs> i'm ready <laughs> Because Odin basically says that, like, um, the heartless and, and the darkness, they manifest from negative emotions like greed and ire. He, he mentions the sin specifically, which is interesting because the foretellers in Union Cross were based around the seven sins. Ooh. Anyway, that was like a flashback to class. And Sayonard suddenly mentions that th this dark figure smiled at them. And then it grows bigger and creates a boss heartless that they defeat. And then once again, they go back to report their findings. Uh, and we get the end card for Wonderland. So that was all the Wonderland stuff. I'm going to rush through these Disney worlds because lots of no. interesting stuff happens. But it's also really just, oh, Disney character appears it, yeah. here. And this is it's <laughs> copy this, and paste. So. Like, this is yeah, all the all worlds the that they've done. <laughs> Although this game is really good at like intertwining the Disney stuff with the actual plot, which that's beautiful. Perfect, perfect. More Kingdom Hearts games should do this. They should. Um, so yeah, they go back to Scala, and it's all six of them, and they discuss darkness. And Taynor kind of already seeks this balance where he says like darkness and light being right and wrong is really just a matter of perspective. And Erica says, no, darkness is bad no matter what, and we must destroy it. <laughs> so this is already kind of a start of them getting some disagreements. Now we get a flashback to a week ago where we see our seventh classmate, which is called Balder. Um, and I think his uh, character design is really funny. I'm sending a picture right now. Somehow he looks like a Sonic OC or something to me. He's Gojo from uh, Jujutsu Kaisen. Uh, uh, huh? <laughs> Have you seen Jujutsu Kaisen? Yeah, I just don't see how he's Gojo. <laughs> it's literally. Well, hold on. I could just not be looking at it. Let me open. Let me fill, fill it up. He has like he has long hair. Yeah, but he, he's got blue eyes, right? Are they gray? They are. They're gray. gray. Dang, he's not Gojo. I take it back. <laughs> but yeah, I can see where you get the Sonic OC energy. He's got the, yeah. the flippy hair. So he mentions to Ericus how he's like afraid that his sister will fall to darkness because she is on this mission. And um, the mission is framed as the ones who return will become Keyblade Masters, which is this kind of ominous message like, oh, not everyone will return. Mm. So Baldur is really worried, and he mentions how Ericus's granddad fought against, fought against darkness, um, which is a subtle nod to Union Cross once again, because mm -hmm. Ericus's granddad is most likely one of the characters from that era, who is called Brain. He is a really good character. Oh, I've heard about Brain. Yeah, he's good. And Ericus once again just really mentions how much he hates darkness. And that's the end of episode three. And that's where like the hiatus started. So um, after no. this, it's all like high paced and uh, lots of stuff happening. Um, so, yeah, let's just go ahead to episode four. I'm ready. We start with a time jump to a year ago. 
and we see Seynord and Eric is playing chess. And Seynord is doing his whole spiel about the Keyblade War and summoning Kingdom Hearts and talking about the Lost Masters. And um, he has this bit that I finally found again, this monologue. Um, Yay! On that land shall darkness prevail and light expire. A prospective Keyblade Master should know this. And then, like, it's the whole scene that we have seen a thousand times throughout the games, but... There, this is where that sort of sequence is from, and I think we see it in Kingdom Hearts three. I think we we might even see it in mm-hmm. Bird by Sleep. It's it's like a really well known sort of sequence, uh, and this is where it happens chronologically. Um, episode four is called Cruel Clues. We start with Four, who is lost on her own, uh, and she's at the castle of Dwarf Woodlands, which is the Snow White world. Um, She goes inside the castle and she spies on the evil queen talking to the magic mirror. And she's like, wow, this mirror knows everything. Maybe it can help me. And we don't see what she asks, but... We are in the forest right now, and we see Seynord and Ericus, and they find four, and they're like, we were so worried you went off on your own. And she's a bit quiet, and she doesn't tell them about the mirror. So that's immediately kind of like, hmm, what did you do hmm. there? Sucks. <laughs> then there's Disney World stuff, where they have to help the dwarves from a collapsed mine. And it's really funny, because four goes there, and there's this huge boulder which blocked off part of the mine. She grabs her keyblade to supposedly like break the boulder or something. And she immediately puts it away. She just grabs the boulder with her hands and just yeets it like away. It's really funny. (laughs) She's like, oh, actually, I can just I can just do it myself. Like, yeah, what a flex. And it's like such a tiny, insignificant detail, but somehow in this game they have so much of those which make this game really funny and just like it gives so much character. So they are a bit upset because they are fighting random heartless, but they don't really get clues about darkness. And at this point, Four tells them that there is a mirror that knows uh, the answers to questions. So um, they go to this mirror. Ericus has this bit where he asks the mirror how to beat Sayonard at chess, but then Sayonard and Four interrupt him and are like, dude, get serious. Uh, so they ask where the upperclassmen are, and the mirror says that they are separated. And they want to ask specific- specifically where one of them is. He's named Fidar. Um, but they get interrupted because the evil queen walks in. Oh no! She throws this potion on the mirror, and they get teleported to the mirror world, and they have to fight what? inside of the mirror. That's crazy. And once they beat it, it's like they want to ask it again, like, where is Fidar? And Behind them, portals in. How convenient. Fidar is here. Uh, And he's like, you don't have to ask. Um, And they're like, what? We were looking for you. Where were you? And he explains that the upperclassmen can't return yet because they have something to do. And then he just asks for like, oh yeah, um, you have doubts if you belong with your friends, right? You should come with me and help us. Um, and four reveals that that is something she asked the mirror. She asked, like, will I ever become a Keyblade Master? And the mirror replied that staying with friends gives her comfort, but also halts her growth. So it upsets her and she gets really doubtful, like, do I belong here with these 
like really talented and good people and who have this strong dream because I don't really know. Um, so she wants to go with Fidar and Ericus is like, no, four, we will always stay together and we will never change, right, Seynord? And Seynord is like the reasonable one. So he says, change is inevitable. Making new connections is good, actually. Huh. At which point I'm like, you know what? This Seynord guy is starting to make sense. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's this old guy sense. who's like super evil and like the bad guy of the series. He's starting to make sense. Uh, I, I love it when stories do that. Like... I, I love that, you know, there's not absolutes to anything. Yeah. And when I, I hated ah. it at first because I, I do also think like sometimes someone is just evil. Let let them be evil. Not everyone needs a redemption arc. Yeah. But throughout this game, I really started to feel for Sainor to really be like, you know what? I get what this guy, uh, where this guy is coming from. Mm-hmm. Oh, so man. So four, four ends up going with Fidar. Um, so she's just gone now. So yeah, Sayonard and Ericus leave, uh, and we get the title card for this world too, which means the world is over. And we get another time skip. This time, we go 64 years later. Hey, yo! So we get old man Sayonard, and he goes to the mirror. And we get one of the funniest lines Actually, I think this is the funniest line in the game. Um, Ready. Sayonard asks the mirror, do you remember me? So the mirror says, fewer hairs grace thy head, but you are known. Which is basically just roasting for being bald now. (laughs) Which is so funny. (laughs) Because before this update released, everyone was like, hell yes, we will finally get the rest of Dargon. We will finally learn how Sayonard got bald. But the game doesn't really reveal it. So there was this like Q&A with Nomura at the end, uh, which they released like with the release of Dark Road, where there were some questions to him like, oh, uh, how about this game? How about these characters? So question three, I just want to I just want to read this one. Absolutely. Um, you said the mystery of why Sainord went bald would be answered, but it ended up being unexpectedly straightforward. So the answer is, yes, it wasn't really a very important issue after all. It's just that people were wrongly theorizing that it fell out after so many years. So I wanted to correct the record that he shaved it. It also wasn't important that the Queen of Hearts didn't remember Sayonard. That's just how she is. Mm. So basically, Sayonard, there were theories that it was the darkness that um, that just made his hair <laughs> fall out. <laughs> Because Sayonard compared to Ericus, they are like the same age, but Ericus looks way better than Sayonard. Sayonard is just really this bald, and in, in Kingdom Hearts 3, this really vain he had. And yeah, he's kind of ugly. But then <laughs> it's, it's funny. And, and there was also this really funny theory in Kingdom Hearts 3 because uh, Remy from uh, Ratatouille is in Ratatouille. Ratatouille, yeah. Ratatouille, Ratatouille yeah. Is that how you say it in English? Yeah. Okay. He is in that game, so they're like, oh yeah, he shaved his head so he couldn't be controlled by the rat. <laughs> oh my god, I can't. But you then know, Nomura canonically confirmed that Sayonard sh- shaved his head. You know, one of them, because they all got like, 
honestly, honestly, from a character design perspective, that's pretty funny. Like, and funny and also like clever. Right. Like, they've got these wild, cool, badass white hairstyles amongst all these Xehanorts. Like, <laughs> one of them's gotta be bald. <laughs> you run out of that idea. You run out of ideas at some point, you know? <laughs> it's just funny that it's the main one that is bald. <laughs> But yes, he is at this mirror and he asked this mirror because he has these dreams from Union Cross um, from friends from that era, right? Because if we were to believe that he is um, reincarnation of the player, he has friends from that era and he dreams about them. He just doesn't remember them. So he asked the mirror, like, was this my imagination? Were they real? He says, I never forgot about them. So the mirror says they are real and he points him towards Ventus who is in the Keyblade graveyard. Because um, in case you didn't know, Ventus is one of the main characters of the Union Cross game. That's the baby boy. Which plays like a hundred years before Ventus's time in Birth by Sleep. He's an old man. (laughs) Yes, but he is the same age pretty much. So there's time travel and... Time axis bullshit in that game. The time axis. So Ventus was like one of these super important characters. um, And he got transported in in the epilogue of uh, Union Cross. He got transported to the future where we see him in the Keyblade graveyard. And this is how Xehanort found out about Ventus. And this is why Xehanort went to Ventus and took Ventus as an apprentice. So... Ventus is an apprentice. Sorry. That was like a bomb that that Nomura dropped in this game. Like, hey. (laughs) Yeah. That was pretty wild. But that's also the end of episode four. So we go to episode five, which starts with another time skip to 54 uh, years later. And Uh we see old Xehanort and Ericus in the land of departure. And Ericus is upset that Xehanort is seeking Kingdom Hearts and the Keyblade. Keyblade. So they have this whole argument about the Keyblade War, as always, and they have this fight where Xehanort just throws this darkness ball at Ericus, and Ericus gets this scar on his face. And then we go, like, the time skips are so confusing because then it says on screen seven years later, but that's seven years later compared to the present, not compared to the 54 years later that we were just just at now. So hey, yo. we're back at young Xehanort and Ericus, except seven years older. They are also fighting in this age, so it sort of shows that they are always fighting about Kingdom Hearts. And Real. Xehanort says Kingdom Hearts is the only way, which I've been saying that for years. So, yeah, they fight, and that's it. We get the the title cards for episode five, the key of each world's order. So everyone, now we are back in, like, the present. So everyone is in this classroom, but they can't find Odin, so they can't tell him about four who left and ask him what to do now. So they decide to just continue with their mission, and... Ericus is afraid that Four will never return, and he and Bragi really want to get her back. So they mm-hmm. separate from the group to find her. Sainort argues that Ericus is sort of like trying to 
push his own opinion on four and that four's uh, heart and mind are made up and that he should just let her go because that's what a friend would do just let them do their thing which also makes sense i think yeah they are about to fight which makes the two scenes before this really funny because it's just them always fighting um <laughs> but earth stops them uh, so Bragi and Ercus leave, and Sayonard, Erd, and Hermit go to another world. But before they get there, we see Fidar meeting with Odin. I did not send a picture of Fidar yet, did I? Mm, I don't think so. Because he, he appeared in the other world and took four with him. Let me see. I have a picture here of that. That's Fidar. What's, I forgot that old Xehanort has pointy ears. <laughs> yeah. They should ex- we should ask Ooh. Nomura why he has those. Like <laughs> I love these character designs. I it's love so that young Xehanort has Sasuke hair. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, he does. He do. And Vidar, I think, uh, he's the first Black Kingdom Hearts character. I live. I live. So that's also really neat. I I wait, so I'm sorry, and I, I, I'm probably saying this out of complete ignorance. Is Xehanort not black? Um, yeah, I, I guess, kinda. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know if it's something they'll explicitly say in the game. They, but. they don't, and I, it's weird because, yeah, I guess he is. You know, I hate you know the he's, more he's the like, merrier. <laughs> noticeably darker skin color than uh, the other characters. Yeah. But like, it's always weird because in this art style, I feel like he looks, his skin looks darker than in the other Kingdom Hearts games, I think, because I think Ansem has like noticeably darker skin than Xamnus, for example. So that's, that was always like this really, sort of iffy thing where it was like oh yes this character with the darker skin is also the evil one so yeah, yeah. i had this conversation with tony the other day where like there's a character from a series and i was like is this is having this character be a person of color and a villain like is that from the time period it was created like is this like bad like am i looking at this correctly yeah. And then he re-explained it to me. He's like, no, actually, they, they treated this with a lot of respect. They did a really good job. I'm like, okay, like, you know, that that opened up my mind a lot more. Like, it's yeah. like, okay, like, yeah, they don't have to inherently be like, it's not always a bad thing if a person of color is a villain, obviously. But yeah, it's, it's nice just to hear. Specifically in Ensom's case, where he is yeah. like the darkness figure. And then yeah. it's like, oh, yeah. So it's it's nice that we have uh, Fidar here. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So Fidar meets with Odin this time, and Odin is like, oh, you're back. And Fidar is like, no, I'm here to say goodbye, which is really dramatic. Hey, it's a, they are standing on this roof, and we see like wind flowing and clouds going by, so it's a super dramatic scene. Um, but instead of addressing this, Odin just warns him for true darkness, because he believes that one of the 13 ancient darknesses that we also see in Union Cross um, is back to... I don't know, be up to no good. The whole lore is like once there was one darkness, but it split into 13. And now in Union Cross, seven of them were supposedly defeated because they went with the original foretellers. And then Uh six of them went to the Union Cross world. 
And then four of them were defeated by the player character, in which the player character sacrificed uh, themselves and then reincarnated. Uh, and two were left over, and they were supposedly destroyed when the world uh, got destroyed. But Odin doubts Ayo. this, and he's afraid that this ancient darkness is back. Uh, so he warns Fidar to be careful. Um, I love it when ancient darknesses come back. <laughs> it, it happens all the time in Kingdom Hearts. You get used to it. Why won't you just let them die? <laughs> I am formless. You can't destroy me. Fuck. <laughs> and then we go to, say, North Earth and Hermit, who are at Beast's castle this time. Um... There's a bunch of Disney World stuff again, and it can be summarized to, which is really funny. The furniture uh, basically thinks that Earth is going to be Beast's princess <laughs> to break the spell. Ayo. It's a pretty cute storyline, but it's also just like, uh. it's, so, it's, it's a bit weird. <laughs> um, so they reveal that two other visitors stole Beast's Rose, and that's the interesting part about this part of the game. It's like, you don't know who those two visitors are. Was it Ericus and Bragi, or was it upperclassmen? Um, we don't know. Anyway, they get stopped by two super strong Heartless. So one of them runs away and Earth chases it into the ballroom. And Saynord and Hermit are like fighting the other one. However, Earth is in his ballroom and this one super strong boss Heartless summons seven more. So there's now eight of them and Earth has to fight them alone. Ayo, no, baby. <laughs> Meanwhile, Saynord and Hermit struggle to beat one of them. <laughs> um, so then Hermit goes to check on like the furniture people and Saynord is like, I'll go help Earth. So we go to Earth and she's still battling because Saynord is not here yet. Um, she has beaten three of them on her own, which is like, nice, you're strong. You did it. She's also my favorite of all the uh, mm -hmm. classmates, so... It's good, good to team. see her. But, but like, of course, she's battling eight of them. So she's defeated three, which is great. But mm -hmm. she gets knocked on her back and there's still five of them. So it's kind of, she's Sheesh. kind of in trouble. Mm -hmm. But then one of the upperclassmen, uh, she's called Fala, appears. Uh, so it's time for another picture of Fala. Let so many new characters here. Introductions. It's this one. And she insta kills the five uh boss heartless hey yo and then she does that this is the second picture she does this anime glasses thing which is really funny i love wait they they don't is that the same keyblade uh yeah they all have the same keyblade okay okay um which is the same in union cross everyone starts with the same keyblade but then gradually i think it's it's Sort of in the lore, it's you start with the same Keyblade, but once you become a master, you kind of get your own Keyblade or something. Oh, cool, cool. Um, but that's, of course, all messed up in current Kingdom Hearts, where there is not really this tradition of training young people to get a new generation of Keyblade Masters. There's just randomly some Keyblade wielders. Yeah. Oh, my um, gosh. So... Fala is like, oh, you're so strong. You should join our cause. She's basically doing the same as Fidar did with uh, Four. She's trying to recruit Earth, basically. Uh, 
uh, but Earth is badass, and she's like, my task is not to listen to you. I'm here to bring you home. Hey, yo. Um, so Fala is like, it seems I was mistaken. Okay, then. So um, she's like, whatever. You do your thing. We'll meet again soon. Uh, but before Fala leaves, there's another upperclassman here who is named Fali to keep it, like, complicated. We have Fali and Fala. <laughs> Um, and Vali returns the rose, which is important to Beast, to Earth so she can give it back. And then Vala mentions like, yeah, this is an essential item to keep the world order, which is this important thing, the world order, because otherwise it falls into chaos. So this item is needed here. So Xehanort overhears this and he's like, hmm, interesting. Hmm, but... <laughs> So they return the rose to beast and it's the end of the earth storyline where they ask like, oh, please, please stay. Will you reconsider? And she's like, nah, I have a home. Um, and then we get the title card for this world. And we once again get a time skip to a year later. And we are back in the corridors of darkness. But this time we see Sainort walking around with his armor. And... He is this time on his own Mark of Mastery exam. Uh, so he's walking and he mentioned how turbulent the emotions are and how the armor protects him. But he still feels the darkness seep through him deeper every time he goes here. Mm -hmm. But then he's like, if this is my destiny, I have to be strong and my heart should be strong enough. So he takes off his armor. He's like, I'm strong enough to face this darkness because this is my destiny. Bruh. Uh, he just immediately falls over. <laughs> Bruh. And um, <laughs> a, a man in a black coat appears. He has the hood up so we don't see who he is. Um, mm -hmm. Appears in this corridor and says, So, you are the singularity. Mm. And then we get the end card for episode five. So what? it's like, what? What's a singularity? Shut up. What do you mean? <laughs> Um, that was one of my tweets in the thread that was like, what are you talking about? You can't just say this. Why? Um, so episode six, just straight away, um, is where we left off in this corridor of darkness. Sainert wakes up in this like rocky area. Um, and he is startled by this man in the black coat who is watching over him. Um, it is revealed to be the master of masters, which is... Whoa. A big deal because that's like the guy who set all the plans in motion in Union Cross. And he's like, you have the, the ancient lost masters who were like the, the leaders of, of all the different groups in Union Cross. And then he's the leader of them. So he's like the big boss. It's mom. Um, it's mom. And um, he pretty much scolds Sainort for not wearing protection, <laughs> which <laughs> sounds, sounds really funny. <laughs> I think they, I think they, they did that on purpose uh, that they framed it like that. But uh, so he gives him a black coat, and he says that it's better at protection against darkness, but not as good as the armor when it's used in combat. So that's sort of the difference between the two. Okay. And Sainort thinks mom is sus. Um, and asks, like, are you trying to sell me this jacket? Uh, <laughs> it, it's really funny because Xehanort is, you know how in like anime and in games, it's like a mysterious figure gives you a coat and you're like, oh, cool, thanks. Um, mm -hmm. but, but in this game, Xehanort is really like, what are you doing? 
who are you? What do you want from me? You know, he's really, he's so sensible. Like, yeah. I love Why it. are you so reasonable? Oh yeah. my goodness. <laughs> so they talk some more and Zaynor talks about his mark of mastery um, and about how complex human emotions are. No, wait, mom talks about how complex human emotions are. Um, and this is interesting about what we mentioned before about like uh, this, how, how not everything is black or white, right? Mm -hmm. um, for example, what you feel towards someone you love isn't always good or well-meaning. It can be a messy kind of light, which is really interesting. It's like, oh, yeah. You love someone, but love in itself is not light because your love can manifest as like being manipulative or being abusive from like this really wicked love, right? So yeah, he's like, can you still call that love light or is that that kind of love darkness, right? It, it's mm -hmm. you can't say that love, which is this good concept is necessarily good or in this case light um and he talks about power dynamics and how darkness surfaces when you drag others down no matter for what reason so it's really interesting and say really seems to understand it and he also says people shouldn't be categorized in extremes because Mom asks him, like, which one are you? Are you a strong person or a weak person? Uh, and Sayonard is just like, well, you can't categorize people in two extremes. So. Oh my gosh, I am Xehanort. This is stressful. <laughs> right, right. This is what I had too. I was like, Xehanort's making so much sense right now. Oh, oh. And mom says he's really curious about the stories of Zaynor's whole trip and he will wait for his stories. And there's a scene in Kingdom Hearts 3 or in the Remind DLC, I don't remember which exactly, where um, we see a scene of Zaynord and mom talking and he's talking about Zaynord's world tour and everything. So that's what this is about. Oh. So that's interesting. And then we finally get the title card for the episode, which is Uncertain Order. And we go back to Agrabah. Hey, Prince Ross repeat. Jafar is making a plan to ask Xehanort, Ert, and Hermit to look for the lamp. And Ert is a little bit absent-minded since she ran into the upperclassmen. Um, and she wants to talk about that, but then Jafar appears and he's like... He pretends to be some kind of hero and he tries to basically manipulate the gang into helping him. Um, but this is once again one of these things where they're really reasonable and they're like, we don't trust you. <laughs> so it's, it's really nice. They just really see through him. Um, they still do what he asks, though. They um, so they go to the treasure room and here, here comes another, like one of the funniest bits in this game is... They walk past this flying carpet, which is just lying on the ground. But once they walk past it, it like stands up and follows them. And it also makes this like walking motion. So That's they're adorable. walking. And at some point, Hermit asks like, is that a flying, is, is that a carpet? Is that a magic carpet? And um, Ert is like, definitely. And saying Ert is, let's just pretend we don't see it. And then... <laughs> The carpet hears this and it's like visibly like shocked and sad and just walks 
in the other direction, walks oh, away no. off screen. And then they see Erica's walk ahead of them into a room. And then Hermit is like, was that Erica's? And then uh, Erdis, yep, definitely. And St. Ordis, yep, walking like a carpet. <laughs> <laughs> because the carpet was walking like a person. That's adorable. It's, it's just those little <laughs> moments in this game. It's so good. Uh, good touches. Yeah. So Erica's and Bragi are were also asked to fetch the lamp. So Sayinord explains like, yeah, Jafar is definitely up to no good. And I sense darkness in him. And then Erd explains what happened at Beast's castle and how this rose was really important for the world. So they conclude that this lamp is important in this world. And that the upperclassmen are probably after it because they are stealing the items that are necessary for the world's order for some reason. So by going to the lamp, they will find the upperclassmen, probably. Correct. And they're right, because they're at the lamp, and then Fidar appears, and Four is also here, and she is determined to not come back and help the upperclassmen. So Fidar explains... Sorry, what did she say? I'm just making noises. Don't mind me. Okay, okay. And then Fidar explains that they are indeed taking these necessary items, and they're doing that to like basically throw the world into chaos to see um to find the light that shines even in the face of confusion and uncertainty. So it's like if we throw this world into chaos, like some sort of super light will appear and will sort of save everything because that's like the natural balance or something. Okay. So that's like an interesting plan. But they have this argument, and because the gang is, of course, not agreeing. They're like, you're going nah. way too far. Um, yeah. You shouldn't mess with worlds. And Fidar says that he's willing to upset the world order to defeat true darkness. And then he mentions that they need seven true lights, and that they need to recover the lights that were lost. And for that, they need four. And that's interesting because there are seven oh. upperclassmen, which can be considered seven lights. So what does he mean that, sev- that lights are lost, right? Oh. Mm. Yeah. Oh. So Fidar explains that that is what they did. Uh, that, that at first they were like following Odin's orders and not upsetting the balance. But then they lost what was most important. They're friends, which sounds really sad. The um, friends we made along the way. The yeah. friends we lost along the way. So then Fidar and Four leave, but they leave the lamp behind. And Ericus is kind of uncertain because he's also this like absolute character, like darkness must be stopped. So he's sort mm-hmm. of like, well, you know, he's also struggling because his belief is that the light is good and dark should be banished. But... He's sort of struggling with, should we go to extremes to acquire that? So they go back to report to Odin, and they just leave the lamp there. And Erica's is at the end of the episode like, uh, what about Jafar? And they're like, ah, oh, fuck him, you know? He was up to no good. Let's just leave him. And then Erica's is like, that's it? Which is really funny because that's probably what the players were thinking like what that's it we went all the way to get this lamp and now we're just leaving it here 
Hey, yo. <laughs> Where's our closure? But uh, no, that's it. Then we once again get a flash forward to when mom is sitting there with uh, uh, Xehanort. Xehanort is wearing the coat this time around and he is back <clears throat> from his whole trip. And I think this is the scene that is also in Kingdom Hearts 3, like specifically this scene with the exact same uh, dialogue where um, Xehanort says that he has learned the reason for his existence and that a lot of people truly believe in light, but that the light that they believe in is a farce. Um, So people have delusions about power and that by believing in this light and in this power, that that is actually how darkness grows. They believe in a in a in a fake light, which causes them to, yeah, turn evil, I guess. And he says, instead of being ruled by fake light, you should rather be ruled by darkness. Oh, that is also really weird. Like that does sound vaguely reasonable in a dramatic way. It's like when you believe in like light which ends up being fake and ends up spawning darkness it's better to believe in darkness in the first place because then it's it doesn't come from um from a power hungry uh yeah. state or something so yeah, well toxic positivity and stuff like oh like don't yeah. think about your feelings like just be happy and it's just like no they're just gonna keep festering in their bud that's actually like a really that that's a really good metaphor for it. Oh my gosh! Because it's like it's better to gen- that than just say like no, I'm not doing okay. Like I'm sad, yeah. you know. I'm I'm feeling these negative emotions, and then then you can do something with them. Yeah. Wow. Kingdom Hearts be real deep these days. Yeah. Jesus. But mom is really surprised to see that a Keyblade wielder is willing to side with the darkness. And Xehanort doesn't really know what to do, but he knows that he has to do something. Um, Mom mentions that he will one day outgrow the coat and no longer need it, and that he can control the darkness instead of the darkness controlling him. Uh, Then Xehanort asks who Mom is, and in Kingdom Hearts 3, when this scene was there, it was like, it just went quiet. So it was like he told him, but we didn't hear, right? So everyone was like, oh, this game has text. We will find out now. Um, no, Mm-mm. we nope. didn't. Damn. It was just like, my name is dot, dot, dot. <laughs> so <laughs> we still don't know who mom is. Damn. We start episode seven, 65 years later. <laughs> and Ayo. it's Sainort's wit fantasy this time, walking through a corridor of darkness. Noticeably, they are both without a coat. And Fantas looks empty, like an empty shell, like he does at the start of Birth by Sleep. Mm-hmm. Xehanort now talks... We get into this different development with Xehanort where he talks about um, his mentor, uh, which is a blue coat. This is something we saw in the epilogue of Union Cross. We saw this like blue coat character uh, taking baby Xehanort, like a literal baby, um, taking him to this uh, island and erasing him. And then when Xehanort became the young Xehanort, we know the blue coat sort of fell over and probably died of old age. Bruh. 
And somewhere after that, Sayonard went off the islands, which is interesting because he should have remembered everything that the blue coat taught him about other worlds. But when the brown coat came to take him to another world, he seemingly didn't know. So it, it really confuses me. Like, what? what? Why are there two different coats? What is happening? Why? Yeah. Either way, this coat taught him that someone was chosen to be a dark vessel that can connect their heart to others and feel what they feel. So basically, it's hmm. like, oh, there will be a chosen one with extreme empathy. <laughs> they are the empath. <laughs> yeah, basically, Sayonard's the empath. Yo. Um, so Sayonard embraces the emotions of darkness in this corridor of darkness. And then he asks, will I ever be worthy? Which is interesting. And then we see a scene from Birth by Sleep, where we see Aqua and Terra training. I'm going to show you another picture because it's cool to see Terra and Aqua in this art style. There they are. It's the babies. They're yeah. so cute. Oh. Damn, so thick. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then there's a scene with Sainord and Ericus, and Sainord has apparently apologized to Ericus in this meantime for like that fight that they had where he gave him the scar and stuff. And uh-huh. Eric is like, that's okay. And they're talking about Ventus uh, because er- uh, Zaynort is bringing Ventus to Ericus so Ericus can train him because, as he says himself, I am too close to darkness. Yeah. It's all part of his plan to take over the world. But um, mm-hmm. what's interesting is he and Ericus talk about Ventus being some sort of chosen one. I love chosen one arcs. Yeah. And then we get the title screen for. Episode 7, Reason <gasps> for Disappearance, which means we're almost at the end. There's one more chapter after this. Mm-hmm. This is also the chapter that I took like the least notes in because Thank I got know. like in time trouble. But um, we see another scene with Fidar um, and Odin. Uh, and Odin warns... Fidar, Fidar is like really upset at this point that his friends are um, lost. Uh, they are dead. I don't know. I, I've not Yo. like speci- explicitly said it, but basically his friends are dead. No. Um, that's why they are lost and they needed like replacement lights. Um, so he's like, uh, I'm going to summon Kingdom Hearts. That's Fidar's plan now. And Odin is like, no, it's forbidden because... It will destroy the entire world. And Odin is like, it's, it would probably be the only thing that can destroy darkness. But it's banned because it will destroy everything and throw the world into chaos. Oh, no. So Odin says Kingdom Hearts can be summoned by gathering seven of the brightest lights. Um, so, well, that's kind of what Fidar is trying to do here. Mm-hmm. They are in a classroom and Odin explains Kingdom Hearts to like the five uh, classmates. So the six of six of them without four. And when they are, they, they go back outside and when Odin is alone, he says the dark seeker will finally be upon us. Which is also ominous. 
ominous. Because like the Dark Seeker is what Saiyanord becomes. He becomes the Dark Seeker. <gasps> so yeah. So the five five classmates are outside and Balder appears for the first time since episode two or something. <laughs> So they're all like, oh, Balder, long time no see. And at this point, I was, oh, yeah, Balder exists because it had been <laughs> more than a year. So they have a chat about darkness and Balder is talking about how there are apparently different types of darkness. And hmm. they are kind of like, Here. we see a flashback of Balder because Balder tried to save one of the upperclassmen that died. That was his sister. So, Balder, I don't remember why, but the upperclassmen were fighting Maleficent. Mm -hmm. Maleficent just straight up killed two of them. Yo! This is, like, why the Disney worlds are really good, because they actually, like, people die here. Maleficent (laughs) is big drain. She kills people. That's sick as fuck. And they are dead, so this... Last one, who is called uh, Hoder, that's the sister of Balder. Throwing a picture here. Um, she is fighting Maleficent, and Balder shows up to help her. But this sort of distracts Hoder. And um, <laughs> wait, this, this, this screenshot is actually <laughs> really cool, too. I'm going to send it to. But she basically Ooh. protects. Balder from being hit by Maleficent's fire. So Ayo. <laughs> she she gets killed. She dies. Oh no. Yeah. The baby. Yeah. So they have a plan to so our classmates, our six classmates now, because four is still gone, but Balder is now here. They have a plan to go to uh one of the worlds and I think Balder told him about this, uh, which is the underworld, because then maybe they can talk to the missing upperclassmen. So they go to the underworld. Um, they arrive in Olympus Coliseum, so they stand in this arena, and Ericus is like, no, this is the underworld, <laughs> which is once again really funny because Ericus <laughs> is just really stupid in this game. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's some stuff with Hades who says they have to go do some chores for him or something before he shows them the um the missing upperclassman the the dead upperclassman um Mm -hmm. and eventually you have to fight hades too um and then he's like okay okay you stupid kids uh i'll show you go downstairs they are there so we see the ghosts of four of the upperclassmen uh, throw a picture nice. here which is really really raw because it's like a Kingdom Hearts side game and Maleficent just killed four people and Hades is like yeah they are dead and they are here in hell <laughs> wait so the ones that are alive are in the shadows sorry wait I'm confused wait so those four on the screen that say so we're missing are the ones that are dead yes oh they don't even know they're dead no oh no that's upsetting. Well, well, no, 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 no. I think they know they are dead, actually, but they don't know that they think they are missing. Oh. 
Or like say Northern Arkansas, are, hey, you are missing. And they're like, we're missing? No, we're dead. Um, oh, that's worse. Oh, God. So the only alive um, upperclassmen are the ones we saw before. So Fidar, Fala, and Fali. Mm-hmm. And the ones here are from left to right. We have Heimdall. And then we have Sigrun and Helgi and Fala. Uh, no, Hoder. They're all based around like Norse mythology. Mm-hmm. They have Norse god names or something. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So they talk to them to get some like insight on what what happened. And they talk about darkness and light. And um Sigrun says like there might not be a clear difference between the light and darkness in people's people's hearts. Uh and then Helgi agrees and says it's all about different beliefs. So it's once again sort of saying like, you know, maybe darkness is not like evil. Hmm. So they talk about what they found on their journey and they're like in every world there was sort of arguments born from conflicting beliefs. Um, And who is to say that one side is bad and one side is good when you're just following what you believe in. Which is interesting. Yeah. But they are dead, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so before they left, before they leave, uh, Hoder, so like the sister of Balder, who's one of the dead people, is like, Zaynord, can I ask you for a favor? And we don't see what that is. So Zaynord and Ghost Girl have some sort of thing that's gonna reveal later. Mm. Um Anyway, Hades is pretty much pissed because they 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 got to see dead people and they were like, oh, we can defeat you with the power of friendship and stuff. Because he, he was threatening them like, okay, you can see those four dead people, but then one of you will become a permanent resident of the underworld. So he basically said, you can see those dead people, but I will kill one of you. <laughs> For a price. <laughs> For a price. So, and they're like, Nah, we're just going home. And Hades is, of course, very upset with this. Oh, yeah. So they fight and they basically win. But then Hades is like, haha, uh, I'm sick of your power of friendship. And then he throws every everyone into darkness. Hey, yo. And he says, now you're all the permanent residents of the underworld. <laughs> Jinx, it's a fire sale. You're all mine now. Yes. So we see... Um, Ericus and Seynord in this realm of, in this corridor of darkness, or maybe in the realm of darkness even, or in the underworld. No one knows. In this dark place, at least. And then we also see Earth and Hermits walking through this dark, dark corridor. They have their armor on. Noticeably, Ericus and Seynord don't. Uh, hmm. So Earth and Hermit are walking, and at one point, Hermit just falls on his knees with his armor and he says, darkness is in my heart. And they are like, no. And then their helmets, they either take them off or they break. I don't really remember, but it's it it looks really cool. I'm going to send you a picture of Ooh. hermits and Earth with their helmets off. Um, but yeah, they are no longer fully protected against darkness. That's bad. That's bad, bad. Um... I can show you what happens next through a picture. Basically, they are lying there. 
on the ground in the darkness. Babies. They are dead. <laughs> no! <laughs> the, no! They died. And I was really upset because Erd is my favorite. So mm-hmm. I was like, the good bean. Yeah. So, yeah. Rip. Ericus and Xehanort are lying on the ground in their armor. But then one little ball of light appears and Odin comes out of a light portal and he's like, so only you remain. Which means the rest is probably dead. So, oh, man. Because Bragi and Balder, I don't really remember for sure what happened. It was... I think it was some stuff to do with Hades, who was like, you are now permanent residents of the uh, the underworld. I think he said that to Bragi, and then Balder was also gone suddenly, so everyone was like, oh no! Oh no! And then we see Xehanort, 65 or 64, I don't exactly remember i'm sorry my notes for this part are not that great yeah Um, we see him once again in um the land of departure and he just delivered Phantas to ericus which we saw and now he's talking to finitas who's standing there and he's like you should have waited at the badlands what are you doing here um and then there's a whole talk about the true darkness the the ones that were defeated in Union Cross and Xehanort repeats what Odin said um, that two of them two of the darknesses were destroyed when the world collapsed however Xehanort reveals that one of them survived apparently and disguised itself as an ally of light perhaps it hides inside one of us here in this time Sehenort says to Vanitas, who is a pure darkness made from Ventus's heart, who is one of the important people in Kingdom Hearts Union Cross. So the most probable probable theory from this is that Vanitas is one of the true darknesses from that time. (gasps) But that's not sure, but... Xehanort we'll heavily out. implies it because he asks questions to Phineas like, if you were the darkness in question, why would you be hiding? So he's, he, he basically directly says to Phineas like, you inhabited this heart, didn't you? Then we have a f- sort of flashback to when Xehanort found Phineas and Phineas and Phineas is lying on the ground as an empty shell and Phineas is just standing beside him. And Sainord is like, where did you and he come from? Ventus appeared in my Ooh. dreams as a young lad. So that was the Union Cross flashbacks. Mm-hmm. And that's just the end of that. That's the end of episode seven. And then we're going Yo. into the final episode. The final countdown. We are two years later uh, than like base time, so it's still young. Xehanort and Ericus. Um they are playing chess as always. And Xehanort mentions that life is too short. And he says he wants 13 lifetimes to rebuild the world. And oh. people have 
People have theorized that this is like the 13 Saiyanords, like this is what he was talking about. That sounds about right. Yes, and now there's one little tiny bomb, uh, because he says, no, actually, I want 14 lifetimes, because <gasps> once, the, once the world is rebuilt, I want another life to explore the new world. And Greedy, Jesus. One thing that Numura likes to do is when a new game releases, he makes art for it. And mm -hmm. I don't know if you've been following with like the end of Kingdom Hearts 3 stuff and um, recent stuff. Uh, you know, I probably if I looked at it, I'd probably be like, oh, yes, I've seen this, but I don't like actively recall. It looks like Sora is stuck in sort of a world that looks like the real world world like real tokyo oh and oh. people have like figured out in the trailer for kingdom hearts 4 he had he's in an apartment sleeping in a bed and people have figured out exactly what apartment in tokyo that is what um but nomura release and Ariku is then in another part of tokyo and people have figured out where he is and in this art that Nomura made for this game, we see young Xehanort with an umbrella, smiling. It's raining. There's a building sort of vaguely in the background because it's raining. People have found where in Tokyo that building is. Uh, and so, is it like so close they by? Are like, so they are like, if they rebuild the world at the end of Kingdom Hearts 3 because they summoned the Keyblade and stuff. Is Saiyanord now still in Kingdom Hearts 4 as the 14th Saiyanord? That's crazy. Hmm. But oh that's Saiyanord's dream to have 14 lifetimes. And then Ericus's dream is to be a beacon of light so lost people will be brought back to light. And he says that he has to bring Saiyanord back when he dives in too deep. And that kind of happens at the end of Kingdom Hearts 3. This last episode is the seven lights and 13 darknesses. And Xehanort and Ericus are playing chess this time in like actual time. Uh, Odin walks in and he mentioned that the losses have been terrible and that no one survived besides Xehanort and Ericus. Damn. It's like, oof. rip. And then an earthquake happens. <laughs> and Odin, is, Odin summons his Keyblade and he's like, stay here. I'm evacuating the other students or something. And Saynor thinks that Balder is causing this. I'm sorry that this is messy, but I think something in episode seven happened where Balder kind of disappeared or something. And he was kind of like, oh no, did this darkness take Balder? Is he the darkness person? Um, hmm. So Saynor thinks Balder is causing this earthquake stuff. And Ericus is like, we're going to purge the darkness in his heart. And. They, of course, don't listen to Odin, so they run out. And Ericus wants to save Balder because they already lost all of their other friends. Um, and then Fidar, Fala, and Fali portal in to help. They are the, the three upperclassmen that survived. Um, and Fidar is like, I'm sorry, I knew that Balder was a vessel of darkness, but I couldn't bring myself to end him. <laughs> and Ericus gets upset. And he fights the upperclassmen. I don't really know why Ericus is like, let's fight. I get that he's upset, but like, huh? Um, so this is an actual boss battle against them. 
and you win and then Sayonard sort of stops Ericus from going too far and they talk it out with the upperclassmen. And Vidar mentions that his whole plan to summon Kingdom Hearts and to like destroy the world order in the world to summon Kingdom Hearts uh, was to get his friends back. And he hmm. explains, like, I'm not actually evil. I was just trying to find my friends back and stuff. Oh. And for, they ask, like, where's Four? Because she's still alive. Um, because she was with the upperclassmen and not with them in the underworld. Hmm. So Four headed to the tower to report to Odin. And they want to go after her. But then a darkness-covered Balder appears and he's like, wahaha, I have combined with darkness and <laughs> beating the heartless will also, or, or beating the darkness will also kill Balder. And they still want to fight Balder, but he is like, nah, you can have fun with these heartless. I'm going to the tower. And they're like, no, four is there. So the upperclassmen are like, Erica Stainor, do you stay here? We're going after four. And, well, of course, Sainord and Ericus go anyway. Yeah. So at the tower, we see Four and Balder, and Four is like, you're no longer the Balder I knew. And we see this sort of montage of Balder slowly falling to darkness in his room, slowly going, Aww. like, he, he's just, like, he feels so much pressure from all this, like, hurt around him and his sister died and then later other people died and it, it's just like crushing him like all the doubts he already had are are like becoming too much um Maybe so we see no. how he gets sort of possessed by darkness his room looks like really weird uh. it's it's almost like a side ward or something it's it's Aww. it's interesting that they made it look like this but I mean, he's been holed up in there. <laughs> yeah. So Four tries to talk to Balder, but it's basically Darkness replying and not Balder himself. And it's like, haha, Balder didn't fall to Darkness because his sister died. In fact, I am Darkness and I killed his sister. Um, and yeah. I also killed Heimdall and Helgi and Sigrun and Hermit and Bragi and Earth. I killed them all. And you sort of see flashbacks of Balder fighting them all. Um, and Balder is about to deal this finishing blow to four. But just then the upperclassmen stop and they save four. And they vow to kill Balder because the last thing they can do to honor Hoder, his sister, is to make him go peacefully. That's like literally what they say. That's so raw for a Kingdom Hearts game. Like nice. the last thing we can do is kill you so you go peacefully. Oh my god. They doing it out here. Yeah, really. It's it's that's the good thing about these fight games is like they really take more risks and they really talk more about death and stuff in them because like yeah. Mm -hmm. So Balder summons a really strong heartless because the upperclassmen are here and now Sayonard and Ericus are here, so they are like, yeah, we are winning, but then Balder summons this super heartless. He looks really cool, this Heartless. I'm gonna post two pictures. But then basically this Heartless kills the three upperclassmen. 
<laughs> no! And Balder is basically counting his victims at this point. He is like, uh oh, huh, that was 9, 11, and 12, or something like that. Uh, <laughs> so that's like, what? What are you doing? <laughs> and then Zaynord and Ericus sort of keep this heartless as, at bay, but then Balder kills four. And we see four slowly fading, but she has some last words. Uh, she apologizes for leaving her friends behind earlier in, in the episode where she went with Fidar. Mm-hmm. And then she gets a flashback to them all laughing together in the classroom. And she says, this is where I belong. And then she dies. No! <laughs> it's so it's sad. Girl, no! And it's like... At the start of this, it was like, oh, these are just random characters. And now it's like, I feel for them. I love them. My emotions. Yeah. No. Yeah. And then Balder portals out and he's like, this is no place for a final battle. Meet me at a more worthy location. So they go outside, basically, to this rooftop again. Yo. And Balder kind of reveals his plan. He's like... If I kill 13 lights and gift them to the shadows by killing them, this will summon kingdom hearts and then the world will be purged and reborn in darkness. That's darkness's ultimate plan. Oh and Balder Lord. basically manipulated Fidar into like going into this summoning kingdom hearts mode. Um, but then Fidar got doubts and was like, no, actually, we shouldn't. And then... Baldur was like, fine, I'll do it myself. Damn. Um, uh, they defeat the Heartless, Ericus and Zaynord, of course. And Ericus and Baldur are underground, but Zaynord stands up. And Ericus tells Zaynord to banish the darkness out of him. And Zaynord kind of just wants to kill Baldur. Uh, but Ericus is like, no, we can still save him. And then Baldur takes that split second of hesitation to send Zaynord and baller to this darkness world or something it's basically like jujutsu kaisen where they summon this like what, what's it called again oh when they do the um oh shit what's it called they make like this room you know what i'm talking about uh oh uh domain expansion yes, yes. he basically does that but then the domain is just darkness Bruh. and he starts talking to sayonard like you know you and i are the same sayonard <laughs> we are quite alike <laughs> so he says that there are kind of two different kinds of people people like Baldur's sister and people like Ericus who are shining lights and who sort of really go for it and then there's people like Baldur and Sayonard who are not really that they are always he says it like they are lagging behind and they've they are just different and they have this sort of beings of both light and dark. Mm-hmm. Um, and Balder says he's not one of the true darknesses, but rather he's the unknown. Uh, he's the thing that they fear and that fear gave him shape and form. Hey, yo. He says, the darkness says he wasn't born from Balder's heart and from all his doubts, but he was born from all of their hearts. But Balder was particularly sensitive to others' hearts. He was an empath. Um, he was an empath. And he's like, and so are you, Sayonard. <laughs> but Sayonard is like, I have one more trick up my sleeve to defeat this darkness. And he summons this light from his heart. It's Hoder. Balder's sister. Ayo! 
Remember when he talked to her as a ghost and she was like, I have a favor. That was basically this. She says like she used Xehanort's heart to go to uh, Balder in this moment. Oh my gosh. And Hodor talks to Balder and Balder's like, I was so scared and I could always feel people's hearts and their doubts and I was so scared. And he was. He, he, then he goes, he doubles down on the whole, like, people are pure lights and I was left behind, so I chased this pure light. And they are about to, like, give each other a hug. But then in this dramatic mm-hmm. moment, they both grab their keyblades and, like, strike each other's keyblades, right? They were like, oh, <gasps> we are at a vulnerable moment. Time to kill you, right? But they both did that, so... They start kind of fighting, but Balder sort of defeats his sister's ghosts, and we see this little heart fly up that she's actually gone now. Oh. And then Balder gets chained up by Odin's uh, chains because Odin is finally here. Um, so they go out of the domain thing, uh, and Balder is sort of pleading to say and like don't kill me we are the same and we are feared because we have darkness and are not pure light uh please please um and balder tells say to seek answers to this unjust world and to the darkness and then say just straight up kills him bruh <laughs> but it is interesting that this is all sort of say knows that he is similar to balder right huh? and he knows that what Balder's saying is true here. So this is all like reasons for him to actually seek out this darkness. And this is kind of how he goes onto this path of becoming evil, pretty much. So we go one month later and Seynord is putting flowers on the graves and Ericus arrives and he does the same. And they have a little chat and they say that Odin wants to like retire and have uh, the two of them take his place. And he wants to retire in a cozy little place. And I know it's probably not canon, but it really made me think that Odin is Yensid. Because like Yensid, Yensid is from the age of um, Ericus and Seyenord. They are, have always been this like trio, right? With Yensid being older and wiser yeah, 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 or something. Yeah. And then Yensid is at this small world, retired. He no longer took apprentices until suddenly like King Mickey randomly showed up or something. Yeah. And he was like, well, okay, this one is fine. So I was mm-hmm. like, hmm, interesting. Oh. So they are at this graveyard and they walk away sort of on a on a happy note uh ericus and Seynord walk away the camera pans to the left and we see mom walk up to this graveyard just, just as Seynord and ericus are gone and mom says huh, guess it wasn't him after all which is like what are you talking about what do you mean is he is he not the singularity then and after this, we get one more scene, which is we don't really know what happened to Bragi and Balder. Uh, that was kind of vague in the underworld. Well, we get an answer now. Um, 
Balder wants to defeat Bragi, and he's like, any last words? And Bragi is, so, uh, is like, nah, this is the end for both of us. And Balder is like, what the hell? You can't defeat me. And Bragi is like, nah, Seynort uh, knows. So if you go back without me, uh, he'll know that it's you. And Balder is like, then I won't go back. I don't need to. I just need to kill you or I need to get you out of the way. And Bragi is like, well, you've drawn a lot of attention. Um, it'd be very troublesome. I think I'd rather keep this body a little longer, is what Bragi says. Hmm. And everyone who knows... <laughs> Roma, how much do you know about Lushu? I know very little. I well, know the name. That's Lushu it. Lushu was one of the lost masters. He was an apprentice of mom. But he mm -hmm. was kind of like the secret apprentice who was tasked to keep watch over everything. And he was tasked to never reveal himself and look and basically be immortal. He was like, yeah, just hop from vessel to vessel and use my keyblades with the eye in it to see everything. And in Kingdom Hearts 3, we learned that Sigbar is actually Lushu. So that that was like this oh, oh, oh. nuts thing. I think I do remember hearing about that. Yeah. It, took, it just and activated a memory. Like, Yeah, <laughs> it, it's like the Sendai's Michi thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've seen that floating around, but Sigbar is Lushu. And here's the thing. Lushu hopped bodies for um, several generations. So we know that there's Lushu and we know that Brain from Kingdom Hearts Union Cross ends up probably being a vessel for Lushu. It's a little bit fake, the finale, but, um, but there are a number of amounts of um, vessels in between. Now, we thought as a community that it was funny that Sigbar who is also Break, is Lushu. And mm -hmm. that there's also a character called Bragi, which, yeah. name, which name is, you know, it's similar to, to Sigbar, to Break. It turns out that he is actually Lushu. So what? he's like, so he's, he's considering taking over Baldur's body right here, but he's like, no, I'll keep this body a little longer. And Baldur is really confused, like, what are you talking about? And he's like, I'm going to kill you right now. So he attacks Bragi and Bragi just like counters his strike and just like eats away his keyblade. He's like, I'm way too strong for you. You can't kill me. Actually, the thing he says is, you think you're strong enough to beat me? As if. As if. Fuck As you. As if. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the hypest moment forever. So he's just like, no, I'm just going to leave, you know. And then Baldur is like, who are you? And he just laughs. Damn. Anyway, remember when mom was at the graveyard? Yeah. Well, it turns out that wasn't mom. <gasps> it is. Because we go back to this scene and he's like, tough luck. No chosen one yet. And he takes off his hood. And it's Bragi. 
And he says, Xehanort could be useful. Which is interesting because this ends up... I Personally, I think it would be funny because Bragi is like, oh, I can't show my face. It will be really hard if I'm supposed to be buried here. So I think either he dyed his hair and he became Sigvar and he was just like, I'm Bragi now. I'm going to move around one letter in my name. <laughs> or he just body hopped to Sigvar and then Bragi and then proceeded to go through his whole plan to get close to Xehanort. And then we get the credits, and we just see random flashes of things that happen through the game. It's like we see a, a screenshot of them all in the classroom and stuff like that. And then mm -hmm. we have one after credit scene, which is baby Sayonard, we see him once more. Little baby. Um, he's taken by the blue-coated character, uh, taken to the island where he grows up, as we've seen. And we have a young boy Sayonard, which is nine years ago. Yo. Um, and he talks to this blue coat, and he he's like, oh, you've, you've taught me so much, blah, blah, blah. And he asks... The child of destiny, question mark. <laughs> me? So, me? Me? And then the blue coat is like, yeah, you are the chosen one. And your great, great grandfather was a renowned keyblade wielder. Hmm. He was ephemer, probably. Which oh. is one of those, like, super important characters from... from from Union Cross, which is like, oh my god, Xehanort is related to him. Um, and oh my lord, what's interesting with like all the time travel stuff is this is his great great grandfather, but Ericus's grandfather was supposedly Brain. So we do know that Brain arrives in Scala later than Ephemer. So it's like there's some weird time bullshit going on in the next mobile game. Is going to be about uh, bloodlines, Nomura has said. Ooh. Either way, this baby Sayonor is like, what's a destiny child? <laughs> Which is <laughs> funny because people were like posting Destiny's Child uh, music <laughs> over this scene. Because <laughs> it, oh, it's yeah. just another one of those terms that Nomura thought up. And he's like, the code is like, it's a special child that saves the world from darkness. Um, and he's like, you will meet and interact with many people and it will shape your emotions and your thoughts and lead you on a path. And this this ba baby young boy saying, we're just like, but we're the only ones here. And code is like, you will leave the island. And Zaynor is like, really? But I thought... I had to live here so the darkness wouldn't find me, which is like, what? Oh, where are your parents? <laughs> where are your parents? Well, the blue coat stole me. And he's like, when will I see my mom again? I want to oh, see no! her. She's my mom, but I don't really remember her. And, and the blue coat is like, oh, you want to see her again? And then, of course, because Sayonard is still like a young kid, he imme his mind immediately goes to somewhere else. He's like, oh, I want to see the kids from my dreams. 
I don't know who they are, but they really like each other, and I also really like them. Is that what having friends is like? Oh no, baby boy! So he tells this blue coat about the characters from Union Cross that he dreams about. So he describes them like, oh, there's these characters and this and that. There's a girl with hair just like my mom, which probably Dang. means that Skult is somehow uh, an ancestor of his, which is another character. And he's like, and, and then there's this other one, kind of like you. And the only character that he didn't describe was the player character. <gasps> who was, until this point, believed to have reincarnated into Xehanort. But no, no, no more no, confirmed. No, no, no. He reincarnated into the blue coat character, the <laughs> one who raised Xehanort. So we were all like... Purposefully misled by Nomura. Ah, damn it, Nomura. Again. How dare he? Again. He got us again. <laughs> um, and Sayonard is just, just a character, but he is basically constantly set to be this sort of chosen one, this singularity, this this destiny child. He's constantly like hyped up to be the most important character ever. Like can you blame him for falling to darkness with all that stuff yeah. and pressure onto him? Keep setting him up for failure, damn it. Exactly. And then this blue coat is... It's impressive because it's just a blue coat. Like, you don't see him, but somehow you he expresses, like, this sort of surprise that Sayonard sees those children that he dreams about. Um, and then this blue coat says, like, you can sense what's in the heart of others. And then he says, without a doubt, you're the child of destiny. Um, yes. I've experienced much in my two lifetimes, some of which I've shared with you, but there's still so much left to tell. Perhaps it's time to tell you everything. And then he talks about, in my first life, there was the book of prophecies. So he basically... Basically, the reason why Xehanort dreams about those children is because his heart resonates with this blue coat character. Mm. He says somehow that darkness would prevail and light would expire. That's what he learned in his second lifetime. However, the child of destiny would change this outcome. They would have the ability to feel to share and embrace what others felt in their hearts and even connect their hearts with another to become one. And he would come from the Isles of Destiny. And then the blue coat yeah. ends with, perhaps it's still too soon. Aww. And this really makes you think like, hmm, who's a boy who can connect people's hearts, who would change the outcome of the legend, who was from Destiny Island? Sounds it's familiar. Our Bigfoot boy. <laughs> it's Sora. So Sora. It, it makes, it, it really recontextualize everything about like Xehanort versus Sora because... And especially in, in the end, Xehanort sort of, they, they fight and Xehanort in the end is defeated and he bequeaths the key blade, like the, the X blade, 
to Sora and he's he then goes like away and he's sort of happy and his his ghost say ghost Erica's picks him up and it's like come on old friend it's time to go and it, it's really like wow so Sayonort's heart Sayonort was kind of the same as Sora in the, the way that they connected with other people's hearts so probably through them fighting Sayonort at some point connected with Sora or something yeah and whoa, my mind is blown once again as I'm just telling you about all this I'm my mind is blown I'm I I'm I'm having the uh the hyperfix like <laughs> head like at the, the serotonin rush of like bruh I'm and obsessed too now <laughs> and there's so much that I like really scrolled over and I think I still <laughs> went on for way too long hey I mean <laughs> we do whatever we want here I will become Moonshot's Usopp. That's fine. <laughs> so, hey, yo. And, and it, it all ends where the blue coat tells Sayonort, like, you will feel all these people, all these, like, emotions to your heart, and you will connect with all these people. And I know this because through your veins is the blood of Ephemer, a dear friend of mine. And then we see Ephemer sitting over the player character and the player character is crying and I'm crying and <laughs> we're all crying. And it's so. And at that point, the blue coat dies and. It begs the question is, did, did they reincarnate once again? Was that just. The end? And what will happen with Sayonort now? Because he is defeated. But what about this 14th lifetime where we see young Sayonort in Tokyo? <laughs> I really hope that this 14th timeline, he gets to finally live in peace. Uh, hopefully. I, I Genuinely, one of my hopes for Kingdom Hearts 3 was that young Sayonort would somehow like... Um, stand up against old Sayonort and be like, you know what? You decided what my life was going to be for me, but I reject that. I decide. You know, that... And, and that, that he would, would join the good guys, but now it seems like this may happen in Kingdom Hearts 4 if, like, young Sayonort is in Tokyo and becomes friends with Sora or something. Also, Sayonort yeah. is... Or, or uh, Mom is also in Tokyo. From what we've seen, God damn it! He's Leave like, me alone, oh yes, <laughs> my my plan brought me here, or something. Um, we know that Lushu, in the form of Zigbar, has summoned the the old foretellers to open this mysterious box that we still don't know what's in it. God damn it! So that's another thing that's probably still gonna happen and connects back to this. Oh, there's, this is also crazy. There's so much and. Uh, I know. I know this feeling. I know. <laughs> we know so little about the Keyblade War. <laughs> I. This is one of my favorite emotions where it's like, it's, it's stressful <laughs> because you want to know. 
But the fact that there's so much that you know and understand and all these toys to play with, and yet there's still more to come and it'll just completely change all of it. It's like, ah, 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 yeah. so exciting. And I think Nomura is so good at looking back at past games and being like, oh yeah, there was this little detail. I'm going to use this now. <laughs> Where it's like, oh, everything ties back together and everything is like, what? Because like at, at one point, Balder also says, like, I want to protect what's important to me. And that's pretty much one-to-one what Riku says. He's like, I want the power to protect what's important to me. And that's like, hmm, Balder, Riku, mm-hmm. Hmm, darkness. <laughs> darkness, yes. There's like so much. <sighs> oh, my goodness. My heart is like beating so hard because I'm so excited right now <laughs> about all of this. <laughs> Enjoy like, it. <laughs> oh, man. I, you know, I, 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 I'm assuming that we've, we've covered all of Dark Road as best we can. Correct? Yes. And so as best we can this in timer. this time frame. <laughs> yeah. One hour and 57 minutes and 30 seconds later. Oh, oh, um, oops. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> Um, but I, I do have this emotion, not, you know, it's not just with like video games or like shows or with, uh, you know, Kingdom Hearts has been part of our entire lifespan and or not entire, but most of it. And I've had this experience. I just saw the killers in concert and they've been putting out bangers. since I was a little kid. And it's like, how are they still putting out bangers? How are they still this good? Same thing with the gorillas. Gorillas have been putting out good shit since day one. And I was like eight. So <laughs> it's like really cool to experience this as with like something like Kingdom Hearts. It's like you've been blowing my mind since I was an infant. How are you still doing this? And I'm 26. <laughs> yeah. And it keeps on like we were really like, y- you know, oh, yeah, Dark Road. It's going to be this this side story, you know, because the Saiyanort saga is over. and this is just going to give us more insight in how he became evil. Like, Nomura, at one point, he stated he had this storyline in his head, but then it it never got around to being in a game. Because Mm -hmm. either, like, I don't know if this is true, but either uh, people, producers or something, were, were like, people were, there were circumstances where he was like, I cannot release this game. And then suddenly the mobile game stuff, the mm-hmm. mobile game department was like, um, we want to make another mobile game. Do you have any ideas for a story? And he's like, oh, yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> just that Jojo, like, of surrounding energy glow mess. Yes. Kanji, just like, I'm ready. Yeah. It's, it's incredible how a side story like this can contain so much plot, but also so much emotion to a point where you are like, Everything about like this main villain that has been around for ages in different forms is like mm-hmm. different now. Like I I can think about Ansem right now, the, the heartless that was created when Xehanort split his heart or whatever. It's Xehanort's heartless, basically. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting now to look back now that we know more about darkness. Wow. And that's just 
that that's not even been mentioned anywhere but i i just made that up like oh yeah ansem remember him uh, it just you can think about so many things and it's it's so impactful this game it's incredible wow. is it a goddamn mobile game yes <laughs> it's great i love it <laughs> <laughs> oh man is there um i know we've already kind of like tapped on what i'm about to say with like what we we how we see the stuff from dark road affecting the past content and the future content with kingdom hearts 4 but do you see uh another mobile game coming out that might uh focus on like more background stuff or maybe yeah there there is there were some like loose ends in union cross and especially in like the after credit scenes where brain suddenly appeared in another city which was probably scala but like in between union cross and dark road because there was like a few generations between those games and a lot happened and they actually announced a mobile game that's going to take place in that time frame and it's going to be a lot about bloodlines so in this oh, yeah, yeah, una yeah, yeah. with 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 uh nomura people asked questions and he was like oh yeah i can't say this because this will be uh addressed in missing link that's the name of the mobile uh, game that's um, a good name so th- they're gonna tell a lot about storylines of or bloodlines and we know that that's gonna affect union cross characters that's gonna have an effect on dark road characters but that's probably gonna impact current characters as well like just as much probably so are we gonna find out who Sora's parents are maybe maybe (laughs) no who knows anything anything is like possible right now and that's really exciting the only downside i see with the mobile game is that they are going for a style that looks more like the regular kingdom hearts style Mm. but we've also had trailers for kingdom hearts 4 which looks gorgeous and super realistic um but i don't think they should do that for a side game or a mobile game but that seems to be kind of what they're going for because like consensus is like oh yeah the realistic art style it equals better game and i disagree with that so hard because this game has this unique art style and that that gives it so much character and is so much better for a mobile game i think Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but yeah the future so much can happen but what i what i actually really want is you know we've got this storyline and sora is going to be in it and it's going to be a continuation but we have such a diverse cast of characters right now of less important characters or less seen characters i really want more side games exploring those stories of those characters right mm-hmm. i want to see what like roxas shion and axel are gonna be up to now yeah the boys the it's the game with the three of them you know yeah. i would love that you know, uh, I don't know if you know this. Uh, in, in our household, we do have a dog named Roxas, a cat named Axel, and another cat named Shion. And so That's my brain amazing. just kind of replaced them with the with the, with the animals <laughs> in the coats. I would also love to see a side game about your pets. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> um, oh gosh. Well, we've we've Kingdom Hearts did up real fucking hard 
uh, my morning, your afternoon. Yes. And oh man, I'm super hype. I've got I've got Dark Road downloaded on my phone. I'm excited to fuck around with it's it, great. find out. And the one thing now that like the gotcha system is gone is that it it's gotten really easy. So you can just buy like all the good cards for a little bit of XP in the shop. So it's it's almost become like a visual novel where it's like you get the story and every now and then you just have to defeat some nice. heartless. I love that. Which is neat. Super neat. I think it is time to start closing out. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just, I'm sorry no, for running so you're good. Because there's a, like, I feel super bad for being like, it's time to end the podcast because I could go on about this for the entire day. <laughs> However, my poor editor. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, uh, where can people find you on the internet? Twitter.com slash Plaquas. That's P-L-A-Q-U-A-S, um, where I tweet about Kingdom Hearts the, uh, and One Piece. One and piece. I tweet a lot about like Japanese music because that's another one of my hyperfixations. Mm -hmm. I'm also um, trying to study the language of Japanese, which I will tweet about occasionally. And... There's that, and every now and then I post a YouTube video or I stream on YouTube. That's also Plaquas. But I don't really have any big projects coming up right now. So Twitter is the main thing. Okay, 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 okay. Also, I have to mention, uh, I love Luxert, and I have not mentioned him once That's in this entire crazy. episode about Kingdom Hearts, but I, I love him. <laughs> And I need to yes. say this, follow Luxert Suxert on, <laughs> on Twitter. Please do. You know, I, it, that, you, you are just our dimensions, Luxert, Luxert, Luxert. Yes. I consider Luxert to be my OC <laughs> at this point. Canon, canon, I have canon. made, I have given him more of a, of a character than yeah. the canon has. Oh, uh, like in, in Hearts Against, like you're just, you're, you are, you are Luxert. Like that's it. <laughs> I there's for this game there's um tagline was like how did he become the seeker of darkness and then young saying word that was like how the game was teased at first and that was the banner for the kingdom hearts uh twitter account for a long time i don't know if you noticed but the the banner for um luxord suxord is i had started off as luxord suxord mm -hmm. but like Luxord Suxert is how I say it now. But like I made remade this image with Luxord instead of saying or uh I made it like, how did he become the Suxort? <laughs> so I'm posting that in chat as a final picture. Uh, <laughs> that's my banner it's on Twitter for I live. <laughs> I love. So yeah. Hell fucking yeah. Uh, I love just seeing like, because usually your tweets come up for me first thing in my morning. So I just wake up to like pretty much your Japanese like uh, language training in, uh, with what is, what is that app called? The Owl? Duolingo. Duolingo. And then like the crazy stuff that they have you like learn the sentences, uh, <laughs> the, the music. Like it's kind of neat 
to see the perspective of like you who just knows the artist outright and i just know them through an anime opening yeah, <laughs> yeah this is like a spy family the mm-hmm. new opening they, they dropped like a, a, a trailer and I was like, oh my god, this this opening is going to be by Bump of Chicken. That's an amazing band. And they are famous. I know them for a lot of stuff. That's so awesome. And- yes, you should follow You should follow Plotmas. It's always a treat. I always love waking up to your tweets. Thank you. I appreciate wow. that a lot. Um, I, was, I think it's my turn now. Am I supposed to? It's my turn yes. now. Uh, capital P Podcast Voice, here I come. You can find me on the internet. At I appreciate your butt at the twitter.com. That is I A P P R E C I, the number eight U R T, where I will not shut the fuck up about One Piece, Chainsaw Man. A lot, I, there's a lot of things I won't shut up about. And this show has continuously not shut the fuck up about anything. I just, I'm just always on Twitter. Um, but you can find the podcast as a whole at the Hyperfix Pod on Twitter as well as um, I believe that's what it is on Instagram, too. And as of recording last night, I am making a YouTube channel for Hyperfix. Hey-o. And so um, it's under my the I appreciate your butt, but I'm going to be posting the episodes on YouTube as well. Because I have had several people ask me now, please put it on YouTube. And I'm like, OK, so here we go. We're going for it. Let's go. Let's go. Stone cold. Um. But I couldn't have done any of this without the Moonshot Network. Uh, they they gave me the permission to podcast, and I said thank you very much. And you can find them in all the other network at twitter.com forward slash Moonshot Pods, um, and also see their streams. Like in October, we're doing the Extra Life stream, October twenty first or second, um, and that's going to be at twitch.tv forward slash Moonshot Network. And I think the last couple of plugs I have is one, uh, our intro and outro music is thanks to Offuscate. That is O-F-U-S-K-A-T-E. They're a non-binary artist, just does really good ADHD brain tickle music. And they're on SoundCloud, Instagram, and Twitter. Give them a follow. And thank you to my editor, Kingdom. You can find them at TachyonKingdom on Twitter.com. The past few episodes have been thanks to them. And uh, if you need an editor, Kingdom, like, is outright amazing. Thank you, Kingdom. I love you. Thank you, Kingdom. And I think that's it. Uh, This is the last episode of the season. My hyperfixation. So stay tuned. Um, If you like this show and you want to, if you want to see it continue, uh, please fill out the Google forms in the show notes on on Twitter or in the Discord. And let me know what you think. What's your favorite episodes? What you like about the show? What you don't like? Any recommendations? Uh, I would love to hear your feedback. That would mean so much to me. And I think that's all the plugs. There's so much to plug. (gasps) (sighs) (sighs) Um, (laughs) But that's it. Thank you again for being on my show. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I hope I was at least a little bit coherent and I hope oh you, you were very coherent i, I kept understand track. a little bit more about the wonderful world of this mobile game absolutely and i'm i know we're definitely this show is going to touch on kingdom hearts again i can't and wait so i'm so excited i'm gonna i'm gonna finally understand it for <laughs> i think i think it's really cool if like different people give like different aspects about kingdom hearts and Mm -hmm. about like 
what about Kingdom Hearts just like captures you, you know? Yeah. Like I I rem- I had I know for sure uh like Wheels wanted to talk about it, Lewis Kingdom, like, and so I got to a point where I'm like, I'm gonna have to put y'all in a group chat and y'all are gonna have to figure out sections of this you're gonna talk about because it's definitely not a one-time topic. This is gonna be repeatedly covered. I'm gonna but, fight Kingdom because Kingdom thinks 358 over two days is a good game. The story is good, but the game is bad. Ah <laughs> oh, shit, everyone who just followed me on Twitter is gonna follow me now. <laughs> I'm I'm notorious for having the worst Kingdom Hearts opinion, so don't listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> I just I feel I say it, I at feel... the end of the podcast. <laughs> Kingdom's just gonna pop in and they're gonna be like, you're wrong. <laughs> in post I'm so hype. Um but thank you again. I hope I hope you be safe. I hope you don't die. I hope you drink a lot of water. I hope you play Kingdom Hearts Dark Road on the mobile phone. And I think that's it. May your heart be your guiding key. <laughs> <laughs>